Welcome to CrewCast, the crew network podcast that features top thought leaders in commercial real estate, shares important industry insight, and inspires change. In this episode, Crew Network CEO Wendy Mann interviews Eliza Solander, president of Solander Hall, and Crew Network's Her Story series, commemorating the organization's 30th anniversary in 2019. Eliza, welcome to Her Story, our series uh, as part of our 30th anniversary celebrating crew um, here on our very new podcast called Crewcast. And I would just like to recognize um, how delighted I am to have you on the show today as the 1999 president of NN Crew or the National Network for Commercial Real Estate Women, as it was called then. that year, the organization had 4,500 members and 41 chapters. Essentially, it had tripled in size in its first 10 years. So what is your fondest memory as president that year? So thank you for including me in this. I feel very honored to be part of this process. And I'm happy to talk about my year uh, as president. One of the things we did is we viewed it as in a three-year term, and so that Dottie Cunningham, who was the president before me, and Maureen Anders, who was the president after me, the three of us worked on a strategic plan that would help the organization seamlessly move through our leadership. And as a result, we had, for my year, a very entrepreneurial board. And that board was responsible for starting the foundation. Um, And some of these people were on Dottie Cunningham's board because it officially started on her watch. The national organization began offering services to the chapters to help them be more efficient and effective, and particularly for the smaller chapters that didn't have staff. And we enhanced the process of the board leadership visiting the chapters so that we could improve communication to the chapters and make the chapters see the value of being part of a national organization. I really love that um that focus you had and that really vision of a three-year time period so that you weren't worrying. But I mostly love the idea that you were uh, entrepreneurial. And I, I think that's a reflection of women at that time in our industry who had to be very um, uh, self-empowering um, and taking things and in, in, in moving things forward uh, without a lot of help from others. The other thing I love is that I think about the foundation today and I think about the board members going out as ambassadors and um, and the services that you all conceived of at that time. Those really set the foundation of who we've become as an organization and as a network. And uh, so kudos to the, to the three of you for having that vision and bringing us to where we are today. Um, and looking forward, uh, you know, when we look back to 1999 and where this industry is now, 20 years later, um, where do you think women have made exceptional progress in commercial real estate? And what challenges do you think still remain? So I'm a commercial real estate broker. And I specialize primarily in representing nonprofits in the North Texas area. So I get to see the entire food chain of commercial real estate in the transactions that I do. And so I can observe um, the progress women have made or not made in various professions. And where I've seen a lot of progress are is in the legal profession. I've seen many, many women attorneys. In fact, most of the attorneys I work with are women. And in the title business, you know, almost all the title people are now women. So that's a lot of progress. Uh, where I don't see progress is in professions like surveyors, 
environmental engineers, and appraisers. We still need women in those professions. And in the area of brokerage, that the progress is slow there. There's still very few deals um, with women in them. And I'm also seeing that almost all the developers are still men. So I think that what's important is that for young women coming into the brokerage industry, that they get support and that uh, they're nurtured. And I think that a lot of young women are not. And as a result, they only stay a few years and then they go on to some other career or something else. Yeah. So that's a great observation. Um, and and I think that, uh, number one, I, I mean, based on the research we've done in the benchmark study uh, in the last 15, uh, 15 years that we've done it, we've noticed that brokerage tends to be less women because it's a high-risk job uh, working on commission. And I think those women who try it, they come in, and if they're not getting a seat at the table, if they're not getting access to the big deals, they're not able to make it work financially. And uh, and that's been tough, I think, especially 20 years ago. I do think it's better. I don't think it's great. Um, but I love your point, too, on young women um, and what they need to be successful. And I think I see, you know, the sea change in that um, to a certain extent, um, as well as this this um, uh, opportunities to mentor and sponsor. I do fear in our current environment with our larger, the larger societal um, uh, movements regarding uh, women and men in the workplace that could stifle and again, um, hold women back from opportunities because they're not, again, being um, mentored by the the higher up in the organization that typically in commercial real estate have been men. So that is something that we need to continue push on and we need to not be afraid um, to help younger women and to spend time with them and support them and help them advance. Um, moving on that same topic, but, but related, um, do men view women in commercial real estate differently today? And do you think our working relationships have changed? I'm going to talk from, from my experience as a as a uh, more senior person since I've been uh, a broker for more than 25 years. Is that at this point I rarely run into issues about being a woman today in the business because I I'm a deal maker and as a result it's all about can I bring a deal to the table and how do I handle myself in getting that deal done. So I think I have I hope I have a good reputation in the industry. And so people want to work with me. So it's all about, as I said, being a deal maker. And if you're a deal maker, then you're going to get the deals done and people are going to want to work with you, whether they're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. And by the way, if I do run into anything where I feel there's some sexism going on, frankly, I just ignore it and move on because I don't have time to waste on that. And it's not in the best interest of my client. Yeah. So on that note, um, I guess my question primarily is, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, relationships are the key to everything. And so women having access to build relationships is certainly important. But this idea of being a deal maker, really, I mean, if we, whether you're a man or a woman, if you put deal making at the forefront of your goal, and, and on behalf of your clients, um, that's going to be the crucial turning point for you in opportunity. And so I guess my question would be, how do you become a deal maker? How did you become Eliza Solander a deal maker? Part of it was that I had to figure out the niche for myself where I thought I could be successful. And um, one of the things I did that I don't know that everybody else would want to do is I actually hired a PR firm 
to represent me and guide me and help me think about how to market myself and my company. And I would recommend that for anybody to have somebody help you market yourself, not only to the industry, but within your company. So part of that was doing that and thinking through what was my niche and then getting out there and making the contacts, doing the networking. And I think that's what uh, younger women have to do. It's whether it's cold calling, going through buildings to going to all kinds of odd events that uh, maybe no other broker is there and that's where you're going to be and that's where you're going to meet people. So it's all about meeting people, but they have to work with you and see you in action and trust you. Mm -hmm. So it's not just something you walk up to in a meeting, hand someone your card, and then you get a client. It doesn't work that way. They have to get to know you and you have to have a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, there's two things in that that I thought were really key points is, you know, you, you have to roll your sleeves up and do the work. You have to make connections and you have to build trust. And that's the bottom line I find in commercial real estate. There's a lot of partnerships and they rely a lot on that trust that they know you, they know your work. Getting started and building that is, is comes to that, that idea of the PR firm, which by the way, I, I love. And in the society we live today with all social media and your brand and reputation being everything, that's a great piece of advice right there. And I wouldn't have thought of that, but I'm glad you did. Um, so one of the, one of the other things that kind of pivoting on that, uh, later this year, for the first time, Crew Network will offer corporate board training for senior executive women. And as a woman who has served on corporate boards, how important is it this kind of training and high-level networking for women in our industry? Well, I think that um, serving on a, on a corporate board is, you know, that's the ultimate of, um, you know, it's the top of the food chain, I guess, again, or the pyramid for helping women and to be in positions of power and influence. So uh, I think the training is very helpful. And I think that um, I didn't have much training when I first started, so it was it was difficult. But I will say that being president of the National Crew Organization was actually enhanced my credibility for going on corporate boards. So that was very helpful. But um, I think that women in your training uh, needs to be honest about the challenges that women face getting into the boardroom. And just like women getting the right to vote, your right to get a board seat is probably going to be decided on by a group of men, not women. So it's the men who are going to make the decision. So uh, being a woman on a, on a board is very challenging to advocate for women to be specifically on the board that you're serving on. However, what you can do is you can refer board opportunities to other women. And so one of the things that I do is I look for opportunities to refer uh, headhunters and other people that I meet who are looking for women directors uh, to women that I know. So I always keep in, in my own personal kind of Rolodex about potential women that I see uh, would be great for serving on a board and don't necessarily have uh, public company experience. I think they got to get their experience somewhere. So we need, they need to start in a private company first. Mm-hmm. So, but I believe in the training and I think that um, we definitely should do that. Mm-hmm. Well, so I appreciate what you're saying about um, uh I feel like it's kind of you have to be in the right place at the right time with the right skill sets 
to get those opportunities. But I also think that it's for someone like you who's had experience to pay it forward by reaching your hand back to other women and, and recommending other women, which is really important to what we do here at Crew Network and how we want women to treat one another. By the way, it's what's interesting is I recently had an opportunity to put together a new board for a wine company. And I put together a very diverse board. And what was fascinating in the process was that all the people in leadership at this wine company cared about were people that could help them in their business. They didn't care about the gender or race or sexual orientation. They just cared about who could help us make this business successful. And I think that's the way boards should be put together. Wow, that that just feels so good to hear that. And, and how smart are they, right? We just want this business to be successful. Give us the best and brightest. I love it. Well, one final question I have for you, Eliza, is Crew Network has now grown to more than 11,000 members and um, has now been advancing and advocating for women in commercial real estate for 30 years. How do you think that Crew Network will transform the industry in the next 30 years? Well, I think that our emphasis on bringing more women into the business is certainly where we should be, and that that's something we should continue to do. But I, I feel, and I um, said this in 1999, and I'll say it today, that the, the other thing we have to do is get women into positions of power and influence, and that these women, women need to be in those positions, and they need to be women who have a philosophy um, of lowering the ladder to help women climb the ladder. And that the women who reach the top need to be women who don't pull up the ladder after themselves. That's most important. Great point, fantastic. Uh, We agree with you and uh, we are building the pipeline and uh, we will be working on um, helping women get into those senior executive positions because that is the way forward. And I think we'll see a sea change in the next few years as we see more of the baby baby boomers retiring. There'll be greater opportunities. And I would love to see more women stepping into those senior executive roles or um, positions of power and influence, as you said. Eliza, thank you so much for being with us here today on CrewCast in our Her Story series, celebrating our 30th anniversary. Uh, Wishing you well, and thanks for sharing both your perspective from the past and your thoughts on the future. 